Welcome to the RPS Pharmacy Podcast. I'm Kira Duffy and a member of the English Pharmacy Board. This week we are joined by Anna Robinson and Dr. Soon-to-be Professor Adam Todd from Newcastle University. Anna is a lecturer in clinical pharmacy and PhD researcher at Newcastle School of Pharmacy. She is also a practicing specialist clinical pharmacist. Adam is a reader in pharmaceutical public health and Deputy Head of the School of Pharmacy at Newcastle University. He is a qualified pharmacist registered with the GPHC and in 2018 was designated a Fellow of the Royal Pharmaceutical Society for his distinction in the profession of pharmacy. Anna and Adam, it's great to have you here. Thanks, Kira. It's great to be here. Thanks, Kira. It's great to be part of it. I know I've given a brief introduction, but can you tell us about your current position and the research you're doing. Anna, I can start with you. Thanks, Kira. I guess you summed up my current position really nicely that um, my full-time job is as a lecturer in clinical pharmacy at Newcastle School of Pharmacy. Being a lecturer, I am teaching and, and educating the pharmacists of the future. But alongside that, we do a lot of research as well, which is probably a little bit of a myth that people don't always realise when you're working in academia. So alongside completing my PhD research, I'm also doing some various research projects. Adam, what about you? I've been at Newcastle since we started as a school of pharmacy since 2017. And I suppose I've really tried to develop a program of research that is that is really broad, working with lots of different people. It's really looking to apply pharmaceutical knowledge to, to how we prevent disease, promote health, and really importantly for me, to reduce inequalities across different populations. So I think a lot of pharmacy research tends to focus on the effectiveness of, of intervention services as maybe as well as the appropriateness of certain services or or medicines but I'm very interested in looking at things um, through an inequality lens and looking to see how the services we offer how they impact on inequalities. There's been a big spotlight on that recently hasn't there with COVID it has really highlighted the inequalities um, in healthcare. Yeah definitely you know what's happened with COVID I think in terms of the mortality statistics that's really highlighted certain types of health inequalities but also actually working in a school of pharmacy um, in the northeast of England there's lots of challenges around socioeconomic inequality there as well so I hope that the future research will also you know start to look at that. Great so i go back to you. Anna, at what point in your studies did you decide that you wanted to do academia? You decided when you were still going through your undergrad? For me, the biggest realisation, Kira, is once I was practising, once I qualified and I was working as a foundation pharmacist and then as a specialist pharmacist, that actually the way to best influence practice, such as prescribing decisions or like new developments in healthcare, really is to be able to do the research first to ask the questions and find the answers and then it kind of gets put in place. I guess I was always interested in research from an early stage of my undergrad studies. Also in pre-registration year you do a bit of a project and I absolutely love that but it wasn't until I was actually practicing that I realised the more impact and influence I could have if I went back and did the research first. So I guess that's what shaped my pathway really. 
I was practicing for about two and a half years before I then went back to university again, started my PhD. And that's when I started kind of really catching the research bug, as it were. And, and I haven't really looked back since. I had the option, obviously, after finishing my PhD to go back to clinical practice. But um, I've fallen in love with academia and research and I'm thoroughly enjoying it so far. What about you, Adam? At what point of your career did you decide that this was the route for you? I think that's a really good question, Kira. And for me, probably a bit different to Anna. I probably couldn't do anything else. I, I think I've always liked the idea of blending research and teaching. During my university days as a student, I remember you know looking at, at the academics there, being at the forefront of their discipline and, and really inspiring people. And I remember thinking I would really like to be part of that. And that's something that I work very hard to try to achieve. So for me, that was something I always wanted, rather than maybe having a role as a more of a patient-focused pharmacist and then thinking, how could I maybe get the maximum impact? For me, I probably couldn't do anything else but be an academic. It's really interesting to hear the different views. I love what Anna said about the influence and the practice and how you bring people on the journey, I guess. And then, Adam, you just wanted to do it from the start. And I remember doing a a final year research project with a guy called Professor Paul Groundwater, who might know he. So he's a medicinal chemist. He's now a professor in in Sydney University in Australia. That experience I had was, was, you know, really inspiring. And I remember thinking, if I could do this as a job, how good is that? As as well as try to inspire and teach students as well. So for me, it was just something that I just kind of always wanted, really. Pharmacists don't often think of it straight off the bat because it's so much about the vocational aspirations, but this is another vocational route of teaching and it's all about patient impact ultimately. What piece of work are you most proud of that you've done? So research is really challenging, I think, and to see something through to dissemination of research, so through to publication, it is really challenging to do and do well. If I give you a few examples of things I'm really proud of, One of them was a paper I was part of probably way back in 2014, and it was involving collaborating with kind of social scientists, public health researchers and and health geographers, where we, we looked at the accessibility of community pharmacy in England. And what we found is that community pharmacies were very accessible so people could reach them. But when you look at that accessibility, according to social deprivation, we found that actually pharmacists are more accessible in areas of higher social deprivation. And that really goes against the well-established kind of inverse care law that predicts it the other way around. That was really exciting to be part of. And since that research was published, you know, a lot of research has come off that, but also a lot of work to develop services in pharmacies in those deprived areas to really reach the population that need the services the most. So that's something I've been really proud of. I suppose building on that, again, a few years ago, I was part of a group of researchers that received one of the first NIHR grants from the Public Health Research Programme. So part of NIHR that looked to establish the effectiveness of community pharmacy interventions but really looking at, again, inequalities and also public health. And for me, that was really important because I think the NIHR didn't really fund any community pharmacy research in public health. So I think as a proud pharmacist, that was quite a proud moment. And I think thirdly, I suppose it's not research really, but being involved in in pharmacy education, really kind of academics that inspired me and wanted to get in research on the back of that. You know, I've taught a lot of undergraduates and some of them are coming back to study PhDs and in some cases, they've, they've actually gone to join the staff or, you know, become academics themselves. And that's something I'm hugely proud of. And I hope that can continue as well. 
passing on your passion very good what about you Anna I'm just going to jump in and say Kira I love how both Adam and myself are at slightly different stages of our career and it's lovely to hear Adam's reflections like that because I'm very much starting out in my career within academia so I'm hoping in the future I can hear or feel those kind of feelings that Adam's just described there because that's really inspiring and I do know exactly how much work's involved in getting projects from conceptualization all the way through to dissemination it's incredible so but for me in terms of some proud moments just in my short academic career so far I guess like the proudest point has been not only um, the work that I've produced through my PhD because I've thoroughly enjoyed it and that's really been my first exposure into academia it was kind of me being a practice pharmacist coming into this new world and didn't really know how I would necessarily fit and gel within the world of academia I was so used to working in that fast pace of a hospital environment it was a big change for me but actually I've absolutely loved it and and as a result I've published a lot and and got some really great work out there with the support of my supervisors and colleagues at the school But what I'm doing at the moment, so I'm near the end of completion of my PhD, but I'm also starting off as a bit of an independent um, researcher myself, very much early career, but establishing myself and my own grounding in the field, which I'm really proud of. So I'm working a lot with Adam, um, with Professor Andy Husband um, on different projects in the School of Pharmacy. And the most proud moment in that really has been involving patient champions through the work. You'll have heard the term patient-centred practice. You know, we're always putting our patients at the centre. But actually, for me, it's a massive passion of mine to make sure I've got my people and my patients at the centre of my research too. So there's, there's no difference in my eyes. Part of a recent study that we've just done is having patient champions from the very start all the way through the project. They've been supportive and helpful and they've really shaped it to be a great success. And the results that have come out from that have real impact and have real potential to change the way we're practicing. So it's all about accessibility of pharmacy services for ethnic minority communities. And it was just a pleasure to work alongside loads of different community groups and get their voices heard really exciting and seems like there'll be lots coming out of that further down the line. What are the different types of careers in academia? I think academia is as well it's very challenging but there's a real breadth to it as well. There's lots of opportunities to get involved in lots of different things. You could have more of a focus on on an actual research project, maybe be employed as a research associate. You know, so you might be involved in designing, developing and also running a research project. So that might be negotiating different research governance, so, so ethical approval, and working with stakeholders, patient and public involvement and engagement, recruitment of participants, getting the data, analysing data, and all the way through to kind of writing up papers and dissemination. So that would be a very focused role on, on delivering a specific research project if you like and there's opportunity to I suppose develop in that specific space so you could go from a say a research associate to more of a senior research associate again thinking about your own projects developing your own projects applying for grants those sorts of things I suppose one end of the spectrum very focused on delivering specific research projects I suppose the other end of the spectrum is more teaching focused focusing on you know educating again hopefully inspiring pharmacy students and I think within the teaching element there is a focus again on the research of that so you know the focus on research within teaching so how best to educate teach assess students so that is a research in itself 
And then kind of somewhere in the middle, you've got more of a traditional academic job that's focused on doing both aspects of the research and the teaching. I mean, that's certainly something I like and I'm particularly proud of. And I think we do that well at Newcastle, that academics are involved in doing the research, but also teaching and inspiring the students. And finally, there's also the opportunity for leadership roles as well, becoming a head of a school or a head of a unit or a head of department or very senior leadership roles. The only other bit I suppose I would mention is around practising alongside being an academic. That's what I try and do. And I know a lot of my colleagues at Newcastle School of Pharmacy do the same. And it's so important that we do that because we're at the forefront. We're still practising and using our skills as pharmacists, but also taking all of that authentic learning experience and transferring it into the classrooms. Yeah, so you could be a community pharmacist, a hospital pharmacist, a primary care pharmacist, an industry pharmacist, or maybe someone working in health economics and still be doing a hybrid sort of role. Absolutely. And like as a student, I'm sure that would be a great learning experience to get as well. Coming across pharmacists from different sectors with different experiences, and I do believe it's beneficial when we're teaching too. Why do you think we need more pharmacists in research? So as pharmacists, I think we've got like a really unique skill set that is slightly different to other groups of healthcare professionals. So actually involving pharmacists in research is, is a massive thing for me. I can't emphasise it enough. I, I would love more people to get actively involved in research. I think the fact that we're so person focused, the skills that we've got around communicating, putting patients at the centre of care and establishing relationships with patients being involved in prescribing and making decisions. You can see exactly how all of these skills can be transferred to research and actually to also help us ask the right questions to make sure the research we're doing is giving the right answers for the people that are at the centre. So that's why I think we need more pharmacists in research. And so my challenge to people listening would be, what can you guys do to get involved? Adam? I think research should be on everybody's radar. That's really important. And I'm not saying everybody's going to do PhDs and become academics. And and it's not about that. It's trying to embed it in everybody's routine practice, really. So from clinical patient facing all the way to policy. And I suppose I am coming at this from being a proud pharmacist as well. You know, when people ask what I do, I say I'm a pharmacist, not an academic, I'm a pharmacist. So it's about how can pharmacy demonstrate its value? And I think it's about providing evidence in terms of what we do well and maybe what we can improve on for the future beyond having good anecdotal stories where, you know, we've all got colleagues that that maybe describe how we've supported or helped the patient to really translating that into good, robust evidence that will support development of future services i think it's really important that people find out more about it and get involved in it if if that's possible can you give us an example of some of the collaborative work that you have done a really valued mentor of mine many many years ago said about you know the the key to developing a productive research career is is collaborating with people so so, so learning from people and working with people and I've always tried to do that so I'm lucky enough to work with some really great people but also different disciplines so you know from social scientists political scientists epidemiologists to me that's when research becomes really exciting I'm part of a center of global health inequalities research or chain as an abbreviation and that really aims to bring together academics and different organizations that essentially look to monitor explain and also reduce health inequalities globally 
and it's a real pleasure to be part of. So there's lots of different people involved, but also a range of stakeholders. So there's the UN, UNICEF, the World Health Organization are all involved to try to tackle and reduce health inequalities. And as I'm the only pharmacist, that's great because I can bring my skills and knowledge to that group. So if I was just to give you kind of an example of a project that I was I was involved in. So this was with IARC. So that stands for the International Agency for Research on Cancer, which is kind of like the specialist agency of the World Health Organization. And it was really about trying to identify the key components of, of different training programs to train people to undertake cancer screening across middle and low income countries. So not really a, if you like a pharmacy project, but I was able to use my experience and knowledge working in academia to really think about key training components that are required and potentially transferable. And as I say, I think it's something that's hopefully going to make a great deal of difference in terms of educating people to undertake cancer screening. So I suppose I could talk about this forever, really, but I think my, suppose my key messages are if you're interested in research, you know, collaboration is really important. And again, my experience is people in academia are really interested and open to collaborate. Anna, what about you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know I'm kind of in my early stages of my academic career, but I can't emphasise enough what Adam's just said there about collaborating. From my point of view, it's getting to know more people. It's getting your name out there. It's building the contacts. And actually, there's so many things that you can transfer and support teams with through collaboration. So I just think it's very important. Some of the work that I'm involved in at the moment, we're collaborating with some of the dental school at Newcastle. So watch the space for some more focused research comparing pharmacy and dentistry. I also wear a hat as an early career pharmacist on the early career pharmacist advisory group for the RPS. And within that, it's a great opportunity to showcase and make sure the voice of early career pharmacists are represented across the whole profession. So we've got members on our group that are from a massive breadth of sectors within pharmacy, including like policy writers, hospital, community, GP, me and academia. And between us all, we're working with different organisations that are directly influencing pharmacy practice and policy. So, for example, we review documents, we make sure ECPs are represented. Um, We're working with the GPHC, with RPS, with wider charities and organisations. And that's been a really exciting opportunity for me too. Again, it's that collaborative network that you're building and people that you're meeting that, you know, it's a small world, isn't it? You can all support each other. I've talked about it in academia, but it goes so much further, doesn't it? The power of collaboration. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. So I'll ask the question to both of you. How can pharmacists get involved in research? If someone's listening to this and they think, ooh, I'd like to go and find out a little bit more, what would you recommend? The first thing is is not be scared by it. People can often look at it and think, oh, I, I don't have time to do that, or I don't really know anything about it, or and, and that access is, is a barrier. So don't be scared about it. And I think you know, all pharmacists have something to contribute to research. Now, that might be certain specialist clinical expertise that would add value to research. That might be to maybe give advice around recruiting patients or certain participants in a certain way. Or it might be thinking about how do we disseminate research? What's the best way to make results available to certain patient groups and, and how can they support that? It's not necessarily that something just happens in big universities. It's something that we should all be doing and thinking about. 
Absolutely. And I would also say like the stage that you're at in your own personal career should never hold you back from wanting to take part or support in research. So just to give an example, in pre-registration, you've got an opportunity to do a research project, an audit, a quality improvement project, you know, the, the list's endless and you can really kind of get started there. And that's when I really caught the bug for it all the way through to exactly what Adam's saying, like your everyday practice, there's so many opportunities there to get involved. So I would echo what Adam said, but also say, shy Ben's getting out, speak to the people that are doing it, okay? And and say, is there any opportunity for me to get involved? I'm really keen and passionate. And, and you know what, more often than not, people would probably say yes and take you up on that. If you're passionate, if you're wanting to do it, then speak to the people who are doing it and approach them that way. And there's like loads of resources available, like Pharmacy Research UK. Just Google it. There's there's lots of grants, bursaries. There's even mentoring schemes available just to start asking those questions. And initially, how do you get started on that research pathway and, and how can you implement it? Starting off from scratch, coming up with the idea, that's the hardest part, isn't it? That's true, yeah. Even though I had great lectures at university, I never really learned about academia in pharmacy until recently of the English Pharmacy Board. And of course, our president, Claire Anderson, really high esteemed academics. And if any of our listeners want to find out more about careers in academia, there is information on the RPS website. And of course, Anna and Adam will be happy for you to reach out on the different social media platforms. Yeah, absolutely. I'm more than happy to take any questions. If anyone wants to get in touch on Twitter, um, my handle is Anna Rob Farm. Yeah, so same for me. I'd be very happy to speak to people, anybody that's got any questions about getting involved in research. And I'm on Twitter as Adam Todd 138 And thank you both so much for your time today for sharing your journey into research and the superb patient-centred and far-reaching work and all about collaboration and the importance of this. Thanks, Kira. Thanks, Kira. Thank you for listening to the RPS Pharmacene podcast. Let us know who you would like to see interviewed by using the hashtag RPSPharmacene on social media. See you next time. Thank mm-hmm. you.